0: Um, So we're going to be continuing in Romans chapter 12 today, and uh, we're going to be in 12.9. So last week we kind of talked about the first half of uh, that verse, and today we're going to talk about the second half of that verse. And so um, just to catch you guys up, because if you're like me tomorrow, I'll forget. I was trying to tell somebody, I met with one of uh, my, my mentors, one of my old professors this week, and he was asking me about what I preached about last week, and I couldn't tell him. I had forgotten. So, if you're like me, you you might have forgotten, and I won't I won't blame you for that if you did. So, uh, we're we're continuing our series on it's called Life in Community. And so, um, what we're talking about as a young church, as a new church, what does community look like for? For us, like, what is our the goal of our church as we build a community, as we build a church family? What is what is our goal for community? And so we're just kind of doing a, a DNA series on what does that look like for us? What's our what's our hope for that? And so the first week um, of that of that of that series of this series, we just talked about the need for community, and we talked about how just ingrained in every one of us, it's a God given thing, it's a gospel thing, it's something that that God puts deep inside really each one of us is this, this t- the desire, the desire to be known, the desire to know someone deeply and to be known by others deeply, and that's, that's in us whether you're like the biggest macho man, right, or the, you know, the girliest girl, whatever, there's in you is the desire to be, to know someone deeply and to be known, and that's put in you by, by God, it's, it's by your, your creator, and so we are designed to be in deep relationships. And that's a deep relationship with Him, with our Creator, and a deep relationship with others around us. And so that doesn't mean that every single relationship we have is going to be some crazy deep relationship. But you need to have those handful of people that are around you in your life. And as I'm saying this, you're probably thinking about people, right? You're probably thinking about that those, who those people are for you. And so we're designed to, to be in relationship with God and with, with other people. And then last week we talked about the first half of first half of this verse Romans twelve nine which says love must be without hypocrisy and we talked about um, how what that means is um, in, in ancient theater I'll just give this little review in ancient theater um, the way they would do things is they didn't have like Hollywood, right? So in order to change characters, they put on different masks. And so what they would do is if they wanted to be somebody that was angry, they'd put on an angry mask. And if they want to be somebody who's happy, they'd take that mask off, grab another mask and put on the happy mask. And so they're literally changing characters. And that's where we get the word hypocrite. And so the, the word hypocrite means with a mask or wearing a mask. And so what Paul is saying to us in this, this just chapter is that as Christians, he's speaking to Christians, love must be for each other without masks. So it's pure, it's real, it's genuine. We're not hiding who we are. That's how we love others deeply and how we're loved deeply. right? Because what we kind of talked about is if you're wearing a mask and don't allow people to really know you, you'll always feel like they never truly love you. Because if you don't know me, if you don't really know me, you can't really love me, right? And that's whether that's true or not. That's how we feel, right? And so we kind of mentioned that's what's so great about Jesus is you can, there's no hiding from Him, man. You can put on the, all the masks you want. He's right. You, the only person you're fooling is yourself, right? He sees you for who you are. And as terrifying as that is, that's also one of the most beautiful things we could ever ask for, right? Is someone that we can't hide from, someone who looks at you and says, "I know you." And I love you deeply, and that's that's beautiful. And so that's so we talked about that last week. That love must be without hypocrisy. Love must be without masks, without hiding. We show we just talked about the different um, levels of communication. And so what that looked like is as there's the five levels of communication. The first level of that is is just kind of like general conversation. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, it's nice. It's raining outside, right? Yeah, it's wet. And then that shifts all the way to deep deep relationship, deep conversation where you're able to take off the mask. And so that's, that's our goal is to get to that place where you have relationships with those people. And again, it's not going to be with every person in here, but we want you to have those handful of people, the people that are in your small group, the people that you live life with, that, that you can take off the mask. And man, you can just be you and know that they love you deeply and you can share yourself with them. We caught up? All right, so now we, can, now we can jump on in, right? So we're in, uh, so Romans 12, verse 9, and so I'll just finish off this verse. It says, love must be without hypocrisy. And then Paul says, detest evil and cling to what is good. So, we're, man, we're taught, right, like, hate is a bad thing, right? Anybody here would say, if I was like, hate, good or bad, and I took a poll, we would probably say it's bad, right? Hate is not good. I remember, like, being raised, like, even as a kid, I understood that hate was hate was a bad thing. I was thinking about that this week, and uh, I remember being, like, probably, like, five or six, maybe, right around that age, and I remember, um, so growing up, me and my brother shared a room, and we had bunk beds. We shared bunk beds, and it was awesome. We'd make tents and stuff, and, you know, he'd get out of the bed. I was on the top bunk, so I'd just dive-bomb him, you know, jump down on top of him, and it was a great. I was a great big brother. And um, anyways, so we shared bunk beds. And I remember, I remember one night, me and Chase were playing something or doing it. Anyways, we got in trouble, right? Shocking, I know. We got spanked. And uh, so I remember getting, getting back in the bunk bed, crawling back up in the bunk bed, and my dad like leaving the room and me just under my breath going, I hate you, right? I remember that moment. And I remember being like six, saying that, and immediately catching myself and being filled with like this overwhelming grief of how dare you say that and i'm i'm not lying and it, you know I, I remember like crying. I remember like just like being so upset with myself, crying, being like, "I didn't mean that. I love you. I love you. I love you, Dad. I love." It. Like if I said I love you like ten times, it would cancel out the one time I said I hate you, right? But but my even my six year old mind, my dad didn't even hear it. To this day, he didn't. And don't y'all tell him I said that. To this day, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't even know I said that. He didn't even hear me, right? Because I just whispered it. But as a as a child, that I knew the power of that word, and I understood like how terrible hate is or was, right? Like as a little kid, right? Just, it doesn't make you just sad. Poor little Michael just laying there crying, right? Just upset. I'm so sweet. Such a sweet little kid, right? My son's going to be awesome. All right, so. Um, but yeah, so I just remember understanding like just hate is this, this, this terrible bad thing. But here we have Paul looking at us as Christians. And remember, he's speaking to the church here. he's speaking to Christian. He's saying you, if you're a Christian, he's speaking to you. And he's saying, hate what is evil, and I'm I even honest, like, Paul, like, we had, like, it's okay to hate evil. Like, I hate we, I hate um, human trafficking. I hate um, poverty. I hate the pain of, of, of that sin causes. I hate I, being a youth pastor. I remember um, just like these, these like, teenage girls, and these teenage guys that would have be like just come to me and like, got, like Satan would just fill them with lies that they weren't worth anything. And like they needed a man or a woman to, to give themselves worth and like just all these lies. And, and like I hate that. Right. So as much as I remember like hate being an evil thing and not being taught not to hate, I hate sin, man. And I, I hate like the effects of that. I hate. Oh man, there's just so much about it that I right. And so as Christians, Paul's telling us that 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 as a gospel family, we are to hate sin. Like like actually the word he says detest. And that's like with this deep hatred in like that comes deep out here like we're to reject it we're to hate it we're supposed to be anti-sin and that's talking about the world around us so like i'm talking about and i know i'm mentioning poverty like poverty is sin man. i think in a lot of ways yeah the poverty of of like pride of our of dfw like right the 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 rat race i hate that stuff man i hate um yeah the human like just there's so much right that as a church we're to look around us and just like detest, man, and look at it as, as evil. And so outside of us, but, but not, just, not just that, because remember, Paul's talking to the church family. So he's saying we're supposed to hate the sin in our, at the world around us, right? And we're supposed to do something about it. We're supposed to go to war with that. But not only that, like there's a reason why after he says love must be without hypocrisy, he says then detest what is evil. What he's talking about is we're to, this is, sounds crazy, right? And this is kind of depressing, not depressing, but we'll get there. You take off the mask and you reveal who you are. We reveal who we truly are to each other. And what that means, right, warts and all. Like if I take off the mask, you see the sin in me. You see the evil in me. You see, right? And Paul's saying, we're as Christians, as a church, we're to hate that stuff. That sounds really sad, doesn't it? Like, like, so I'm supposed to look at myself and see the sin in me and see, and I'm supposed to detest that. I'm supposed to hate that. And as a, as a church, we're supposed to go to war with that. And I remember just as, we were, as they were singing that last song, man, I was just overwhelmed in a way because the reason why we are to hate sin and we're to hate evil is because ultimately that stuff is anti-God. And if we think about it, that's literally what put Jesus on the cross, like it says, it says, it was my sin who held you there until it was accomplished. And what that's talking about is that it's, it's that's like Jesus hates sin. God hates sin so much. That's, that's why he came to die, to free us from it. Because what sin does is it destroys and it enslaves and it just breaks, right? Sin is the enemy of, of God. And so Paul is telling us as the church, man, we're supposed to hate that. We're supposed to, to go to war with sin, as a church, we want to go to war with sin around us, or so in the world around us, and in the sin in our own hearts and in our own church family. It's a terrifying thought, right? And so that's what we want to do as a church. That's why like, um, the, I say the sin, we're going to go to war with sin in the world around us. Like, That's why uh, in a few weeks we're getting a team together to run in that Rescue Her 5K. It's Rescue Her for, to get women out of human trafficking. That's probably why that's so much on my brain right now, is, is because we, even though it sounds like a little thing, Right, just running a 5K, donating money, raising awareness in that in that small way, we're going to war with Satan on that, and we're saying, man, we're gonna kick your butt on this as much as we can, right? We're gonna do what we can to fight that. That's why um, before we even launched the church, we before the uh, snowpocalypse hit last year, we went out and passed out blankets and food to the homeless. Why? Because we want to go like to see a homeless person on the side of the street shouldn't like make us go. Raise up the window. Don't look at him. Right and think if I give him a dollar, he's going to spend it on alcohol. He probably will. He might. Right. I don't know. But that's not what that should draw out of us. What that should draw out of us is a deep hatred for for sin, a deep hatred for what put that person there, whether it's you know alcoholism or poverty or whatever. Like we should have it. Right. That's that's the emotion it should draw out of us. That's why. Um, that's why there's 123 bags of clothing and storage right now because next Christmas or around Christmas we have 123 bags of winter clothes and we want to take those and just give them out to our community for people who are in need. Because in the smallest ways that we can as a church, we want to go to war with the sin around us and we want to go to war, right? Because we, I don't believe that as Christians we're victims. I don't believe as Christians like we should just go get saved and then like try to hide from Satan, like, I, I believe God's saving us to use our lives, don't you? God's saving us to go out and kick a little butt ourselves, right? In Holy Spirit power, right? That's it. So that's, that's kind of our goal is to go to, as a church, to go to war with the sin and the, and the injustice around us, right? But then also we want to do that in our own lives here in the church. And what that means for us, what that looks like for us is setting you up for success. So we're setting up, we want to set up small groups. We want to set up opportunities for you to build deep relationships so that you can have people in your lives that know you enough to look at you and go, man, Mike's struggling this week or, you know, so-and-so struggling this week. I, I need to talk to him to see like what's going on. Like what, I had somebody this morning. I won't call her out, but I walked up and she was just like, you okay? Everything good? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. And I told her, I was like, how do you know? She's like, I just have an intuition for that kind of stuff, right? That's what we want, right? People around you can go, man, you are struggling with this, right? And so we want to set you up for success in that way, and so much so that you might have people that might call you on the carpet and say, hey, uh, Mike, that's not the way you're supposed to be doing things, man. Like, I noticed this this sin, this thing you're dealing with, like, or the way you talked to Katie, or the way you did this, right? We wanna, so the way we want to do that as a church, to go to war with sin as a church in our own lives, to set you up in deep relationships where you can have people that hold you accountable, that can call you on the carpet if they need to. Sounds like fun, right? But we live in a culture that's kind of weird, right? Like any, any, any uh, America where Donald Trump is running for president, we're in a weird culture, right? So, but, but like we live in this the culture of PR right now where you know, live and let live, you know, just peace, love, and chicken grease, right? Um, and I think talking about Donald Trump, I think that's why he's so polarizing, because we got this guy who's running for president that literally will tell you exactly what he's thinking, right? And if nothing else, it's fascinating, right? But, but this, is, this is our world. We, we live in, a, in our world where our culture says that if I love you, I can't oppose anything that you do. Like, it says that to love you means I just let you do whatever you want, and if I ever speak against what you're doing, then I don't love you anymore. That is stupid, man. That doesn't make any sense. Like, so I love you, I'll let you you just, right? Love isn't always easy, right? Love confronts. Love speaks hard truth. If I love you, I'm not going to let you do certain things, right? Like I was thinking about just in these terms, right? Like it's, it's often like it's in our world. We think if I love you, I'll never oppose any action that you do or anything you do. I'll just let you do live your life, let you do whatever. But I would say it's the reason why I would oppose something that you do or some action that you take is because I love you, right? If I don't love you, do whatever you want. I don't care. Jump off that cliff. What would you do, man? Well, how does it affect me? I don't care. But if I love you, I'm like getting in the way, Right? I'm holding you back. I'm tying something around your ankle and holding on to that as long as I can, right? Because I love you. What a weird analogy. Sorry. But I've been I've been thinking about that a lot this week, you know, just with us. Uh, so Kate and I, as you guys know, we're having a little baby boy here in a couple months that we're super pumped about. So everything I think about now is kind of about him. And we've been taking baby classes and stuff. We took our first baby classes. I've seen things I can never unsee now. Like, it's so weird, man. Like, watch that, man. There's just like, we did one yesterday that was the birthing class, and literally, like, there's just babies being born. I'm like, whoa, you got to warn somebody, man. Like, you can't just put a birth on there. Like, I don't, can I have a choice? Like, you don't just show that, right? It was crazy, man. But so, I'm thinking in terms of uh, of Gideon, our son, and um, I'm sorry, y'all. It's the rain, man. is doing weird things. Um, and I was I was just thinking about this example, you know, like, We're about to have him. If he's anything like me as a little baby boy, he's going to be ADD, off the wall, running around everywhere, right? So, say I'm sitting outside at the park with him, and I see little Gideon take off running, and there's a piece of broken, uh, broken uh, glass ball or something on the ground, and he runs up and he picks that thing up and he goes to put it in his mouth and he's starting to eat it. Because I love him as my father or as his father or whatever, what I'm going to say is, uh, you know, Gideon, we just, you know, I I love you, so I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want to stand in the way of your choices. you know, Gideon, because I love you, I, I, I want you to learn for yourself. And so you just choose if cutting your mouth with that that glass down your esophagus and having, is that something you want to do or not? It's up to you, man. You know, like, right, that that works, right? That sounds good, right? Like, like, like I don't want to, he might get mad at me, you know, if I slap that out of his hand, he might cry. So I don't want to offend Gideon. I don't want to offend him, right? How do you think that will work at the ER when I take him to the doctor? That, that ER nurse or doctor is going to punch me in the face and then take my son to protective services, right? Right? Mariah's going to be like, Mike, got your son over at the house. <laughs> That's not how love works, man. Because I love him, what I'll do is run over and slap that glass out of his hand and he'll cry, but I'll pick him up and him, and say, no, 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 don't, don't do that. That's bad, right? That will hurt you. In the same way, we need people like that in our lives. It's been really sad for, for me the last couple weeks. There's, I've seen two pastors that, one I used to work with and another one, this is all public knowledge, so I'm not like putting anything out there. One I used to work with and another one that's actually a pretty famous guy. Um, left their family like well one like is getting removed from his ministry the other one just left his family for another woman this week and i look at those situations and knowing those situations what happened in both of those situations those guys didn't have proper accountability in place they didn't have people to stand in front see them going towards the glass and slap it out of their hands and that's, that's what we hope, you know, to, it's so sad because it could have been prevented, right? And so that's what we hope for you here as we walk the Christian life together is that we'll be able to set up in our small groups, through our deeper class, through growing relationally together, that you'll have those deep relationships where you can take off the mask, you can be yourself, and they'll know you enough to say, Mike, I know you. You're running towards the glass, man. You're running towards the cliff. You need to, right? That that's our hope, that's our goal, so that that you have people in your lives that can stand in the gap and protect you, in a sense, from yourself. That can hold you accountable because ultimately what happens is sin destroys us, sin enslaves us, sin messes up your relationship with God all over the place, right? And that's what we want to prevent. Like we want to be all about growing together as a family towards God. And so. So that's our hope, and the way we want to do that is to set up accountability. We're not talking about, like, sin police or anything, okay? Like, I'm not talking about sitting up, like, I'm not going to walk in here and be like, "Um, excuse me, sir, I saw you in the market the other day, and you you bumped your toe, and you said darn, and that's really close to the other word, and so we need to talk. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about getting up from the stage and being like, Ryan, that beard is getting too long. That is unbiblical, right? Actually, that's more biblical. Yeah, more biblical. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not talking about that. I, I want to. That's what I. We're talking about those five people in your life that you do life with, that know you deeply. They can say, "Hey, let's talk," right? I'm not talking about like sin police. We're not doing. I am not the legalistic guy. I will never be that guy. Okay, but what I am talking about is you. The desire for you to have deep relationships, people that know you, and people that can walk beside you and help you and save you from yourself. Okay, that's what I'm talking about and it's a very biblical uh, very biblical thing Luke chapter 17 verse 3 telling us be on your guard so he's saying look out be on what's be on your guard look be be on the lookout be paying attention be on your guard if your brother sins rebuke him so if your brother sins if and brother meaning meaning someone that is close to you someone that you're in deep relationship if he's in sin rebuke him that means go to him and talk to him about it say hey man you're you're struggling with this. you're dealing with this let's talk and then it says if he repents, forgive him. That means like restore him. If he repents, restore him. A second verse here, Matthew 18, 15. If your brother sins against you, go and rebuke him in private. So I'm not getting up here being like, you know, hey, so-and-so, let me tell you about this, right? It's, it's in private. It's personal. That means you need to be in relationship with them. So we're not getting on Twitter, right? We're talking about in relationship, someone that you know, right? Rebuke him. And then check this out. It says, if he listens, you have won your brother, what does that mean? If he, if he listens, so if he chooses to hear what you're saying, you've, you've saved him, man you've won your brother. Because that, that's the the—the that's the thing that we're afraid of is, well, what if I talk to so-and-so about this? I'm, I'm in a deep relationship, but what if I bring this up and they get mad and they never talk to me again? Or they, you know, whatever. Well, if that's their response, one, I would say it probably has to do with how you approach them. But two, they they—they might have responded that way whether you talk to them or not. And they might be too far gone. There's nothing you can do. But what if you talk to them and you save them from running off the cliff? What if you, in that conversation, bring healing and restoration, right? So that's the goal. He says, if they, if they repent, if they listen, you have won your brother. And that's the whole goal. That's the, that's the whole goal. The, what, I'm, what, what I call this is gospel confrontation, right, or gospel accountability. And so the, the motivation for gospel accountability is love. It's love that we have for each other. And the goal of gospel accountability or confrontation is that that person would repent and that that person would be restored. So we're not talking about um, manipulation. We're not talking about just talking about somebody to talk about them, right, gossip. No, we're talking about you love that person deeply and you want to see that person healed and you want to see that person restored to Jesus. And so that's the goal. That's the goal. Sounds great, right? So how do we do this? As a church, what does this look like for us? You don't know? You're not going to tell me? Because <laughs> I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So a few, a few ways, not ways, but kind of as we do this, here's some, here's some pointers that I would give you because maybe you know somebody that you need to talk to or maybe this will come up in the future. It probably will if you're in deep relationship with people. Um, the first way is this, as I would say, the first way that we confront is examine your own life first. So, before you go and talk to that person, examine your own life first. Our kind of our, my, my, uh, what, my group of people or my, whatever, our motto is only God can judge me, right? Like, that's like the new wave. Like, I have a good friend that has that tattooed on his back, only God can judge me from Tupac. Thanks, Tupac, right? That only God can judge me. And he, what's ironic about that is he had that on his shoulder before he was a Christian. So, it's interesting, right? But that, that's kind of the way that our, like, our culture works. is only God, don't, right? Why, where does that come from? It comes from Matthew chapter 7. It says, Do not judge so that you, will, you won't be judged, for the judgment you use will also be, you will be judged, and the measure you use it will be measured to you. That verse isn't saying that we can't talk to people or hold people accountable. What that verse is talking about is judging situations we don't understand or judging people from a distance. There's a lot more that I get into, but that's, that's, not, talking, that's not saying that I can't come to you and confront somebody. That's not saying that, that I can't somebody that I'm in deep relationship with, I can't come and talk to them about sin or struggles. What that is warning us as Christians, though, is to first, before we confront someone, before we talk to someone, to examine our own life first. Examine your own life first. And Jesus cautions us, examine our own heart before we confront someone else. But I'll say with this caveat, say someone's dealing with a certain sin, say it's pride or lust or whatever, if you, just because you might be struggling with that same sin or that same issue doesn't mean that you can't confront that person. What that means is as you examine your own life first and see, oh, wow, this is something that I struggle with too, what that looks like is as you go to that person and say, hey, Mike, I noticed that you're kind of being a jerk lately. You're getting really prideful. I've also, as I was thinking, I realized that I'm that way too. Let's, let's walk together in that. And so what that becomes is you um, examining your own life together and you being accountable to each other. Does that, that make sense? I mean, if you're like a drug addict, don't do that. That won't work very well. Get, seek outside help, but for other situations, right? So examine your life first. And just because you have struggles too, don't think that you, um, are, you can't hold someone accountable either. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that. All right, so examine your own life. Secondly, confront truth in love right? So Ephesians 4 says this, since you put away lying, speak truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of each other. So because as a church, we're members of each other, what that means is we're family. Because we're a church family, we are to speak truth to each other, truth in love. And so sometimes we got to speak, speaking truth in love doesn't mean that we are watering down the truth, but what that means is that we speak from a place in love and humility, So we're not coming out going, I saw you dealing with this, blah, 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 you know, right? Like to come with a place of arrogance, but we speak truth in love with a humble heart, hoping for restoration, not just busting somebody out on their business. Those are two different things, right? Restoration is always the goal. Third, this sounds really simple, but don't quit on people, man. Like we are a family and we're in this together. And as we continue to grow together, there might be some things that, flesh that get fleshed out. And what we will never be in this church is the people that drop in, come in and drop truth bombs on you, make you feel ter- terrible about yourself and then dip out on you. What we will always be, our goal, would be people that if things like that get revealed, that we walk beside you and we walk in that together and we don't give up. Like we're in this thing together, y'all. And so we don't give up on each other and you don't give up on other people. We walk together in repentance, in restoration as a family. And then finally, I'll say this. Trust God. Because ultimately, man, like it's up to him. As we walk in this together, as we walk in community that gets messy and can get ugly, we trust in God because it's all about together for a purpose, on purpose for him, right? So that's our that's our hope. That's our hope. And so I'm going to go ahead and ask the band, you guys, come on up. And I'll just end with, I want to kind of end with this. Paul doesn't just leave us in that. He says, love must be without hypocrisy, detest what is evil, and cling to what is good. So, so the, the, the idea here is he's saying, as you take off the mask and you see, as we allow people to see what's truly in us, sometimes there's going to be some ugly stuff in there, right? Like if I take off the mask, show you everything, but there's going to be some ugly stuff in there Detest the evil. But then he also says what? Cling to what is good. There's also a lot of good in, the, in each one of us, y'all. There's a lot that God is transforming and moving and growing. And the, the word cling there, literally the idea is like glue glue yourself to the good. So as we walk together in this, as we, we walk together and hold each other accountable, as we see some ugly stuff in each other sometimes, always see the good in each other. Always see the good first and always remember the good. So that that makes sense? It's like it's not all about just being a place that's like, you know, talking about sin and issues and stuff. Like Let's make sure that we see the good in each other because there's so much, right? God is trans. God is, if you know him, if you have a relationship with Jesus, he's in you and transforming your life. Just that fact alone is a beautiful thing that we can see in each other. Hope for the good, see the good. This means that we glue our attention and focus on the good in each other. And I, I just want to say this that our church family should be the most encouraging group of people that you spend your time around this entire week. Like, this should be, our hope is that this would be the greatest place of encouragement in your life. And that's in the good and in the bad. All right. I love you guys, and I'm going to Pray, and I'll, I'll say this: that if man, we're gonna sing, and and uh, we want to worship God together. So you stand with me, and, and if you if you need to pray, if, if any of this has brought out something you want to talk to somebody about or pray with, we're gonna have our prayer team down here. Um, they've got the badges on, and they want to pray with you. Okay, if if you want to, if you need prayer, we're here for you. Okay, so let's worship God because He allows us to live in deep relationships where sometimes we see the good, see the bad, but because He places people in our lives to hold us accountable, to love us enough, to speak hard truth into our lives. And then let's cling to the good. Let's see the good in each other. Let's see the gospel transformation that's happening in each one of us. God, I love you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for everyone who's here, Father. Thank you for the rain outside. Jesus, thank you for community that you're building in us, Father. I pray that that every person in here will have deep, meaningful relationships, people that walk beside them, that hold them accountable and cling to the good, Father. In your name we pray. Amen.